Well, good morning. It is Friday, the 5th day of April, 2019. Yesterday, we did our first run at our new studio, and it was a little bit uh, a little bit discombobulated. I had a hard time doing a couple of the things I normally do. We've changed studios a few times, Studio A, B, and C. I work primarily out of Studio C, and I love the new setup. You can see a picture of it if you happen to go to fixcostinvesting.com fixedcostinvesting.com, and you look at the podcast, you can see the new studio set up. Very nice. I love it. Listen, a couple quick things we always begin with. I will be having in our offices here in the Ocala International Commerce Park on Monday, April the 8th, 2019, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, an AMA, Ask Me Anything. Those were popular online a few years ago. One of the things we're doing is for those who are local, who want to come by and press the flesh, shake hands, pat you on the shoulder, and kind of look you in the eye and say, is this for real? Yeah, it's for real. What we do here at Fixed Cost Investing is amazing. It's incredible. It's better. It's simple, and it works. And so we're going to basically have a uh, ask me anything. There is uh, We don't do breakfast, lunch, or dinner seminars. We just don't do those things. Don't believe in them. Don't buy business. No reservation, no obligation. We're not going to ask you for your phone or email. Stop by anytime you want on Monday, April 8th, 2019, 10 a.m. to 12 noon here at the uh, office building. We will be doing a second one on April 22nd. We'll be doing a follow-up then and uh, hope to see you. It should be a uh, should be a lot of fun. Listen, I've been busy traveling a lot, met a lot of neat people. For those of you who have met me who are listening and you are listening maybe for the first time, second time, third time, I will be getting back with you. I've had a lot of consultations in the office, a lot of video conferences, got a jam-packed week next week. Got to finish up this podcast because I've got a full day today and a lot of research that we're doing, but I want to talk really detailed with you on a couple of things I think are really important. Again, Highly unusual for me to get outside the office, but I love it. One of the things I like doing is getting out and I call it sniffing dirt. That's a phrase that my son used on me the other day. And I, we kind of giggled. It's like, hey, dad, that's what you do. And yeah, that's that's what I believe in is getting out and sniffing dirt. And when you do that, you learn a lot about people, a lot about things that you can't do when you get online and just do academic research. Hey, we're going to be going to uh, McDenton's Irish Pub and Restaurant. Mac, M-A-C, Denton's Irish Pub and Restaurant. I'll be there on April 24th. It's located at 405 South Howard Avenue. It's 405 South Howard Avenue. I'll be there between 6 and 9. How do you look me up? Well, you go to the event called Network After Work and uh, look at see what I look like. Take your phone, look, you got my picture, and uh, I pretty well look the same way. Normally, I attend with a blazer, and I'll have an open shirt. So when you see a picture of me, it's pretty much the same thing. So Network After Work, Tampa, McDenton's Irish Pub and Restaurant. Looking forward to going there. Haven't been there before. I don't believe. I may have been. I take that back. I have been there. Uh, Now I remember. I did have dinner there, and it's a nice place. 405 South Howard Avenue, Tampa, Florida. And uh, 33606 happens to be uh, that code. If you want to get a hold of me, call 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. And uh, yes, that's a Manhattan number. We're located here in Ocala, Florida, but right now in Manhattan, it's 43 degrees. Got some light rain. It's going to be a low of 40 today, a high of 47. 
for my friends in uh, New York. Uh, we're 70 degrees, partly cloudy. I know. Die, you son of a gun. It's 64 uh, d- degrees uh, for a low, 82 of a high. Feels like 71, a little damp out there. So I hope uh, you are enjoying your weather. It is beautiful here, but it is what it is what it is. I'm going to talk a little bit today about executive compensation, and I want you to listen. I don't want you to get all burned up and lose your mind over it. This is something that I am not happy about. It's something that's not burning up the charts on YouTube or on any of the lamestream media because of the advertising, how everybody's bought and paid for. I'm going to be talking to you in the near future about the massive amount of advertising being done by hedge funds and venture capitalists on Facebook and Google and how that is affecting the news media. That's coming up. But before we get started, let's do this item right here. Connecting Dots is a production of Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. All rights reserved. Rebroadcast or distribution prohibited without expressed written authorization. Connecting Dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This broadcast does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Always read and all applicable information carefully before making an investment decision. Investments are not bank guaranteed, not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. Number 1. Income inequality is becoming a dominant topic of conversation, particularly as the 2020 presidential race heats up. According to a study from the Economic Policy Institute, EPI, the wage gap between high-income earners and the rest of America might be worse than many realized. The study looked at hourly wages for all workers 16 years of age and older. Between 1979 and 2017, the annual wages of the top 1% shot up 157.3%, which was almost four times faster than average wage growth of 40.1%. During the same period, top 0.1% earnings grew 343.2%, with the latest spike reflecting the sharp increase in executive compensation. Now let me make this absolutely clear, no doubts, no hesitation, you're not listening to someone who is a crazed liberal, socialist, communist who wants to seize assets. Don't, don't go there. I didn't stand out with the 1% protesters, not any way, shape, or form. What I'm here today to tell you, and I've said this over and over, especially for clients and prospective clients, we vote against using our proxy vote because we use individual securities here at Fixed Cost Financial. I vote against the overwhelming majority of executive compensation plans and the board of directors. I do it. Why? It's real simple. They're employees. Once you go public, you are an employee. I don't care if you're the founder, you're an employee. And so compensation 
is a big deal because the more you make that's excessive, that's the less that the shareholder has. I'll give you an example. Charles Schwab. Yeah, Charles Schwab. We don't use Charles Schwab. And so on January 1st, 2018, the stock was trading at $50.41. As of December 31st, 2018, it's trading at $46.69. Now you might say, okay, um, if you underperformed and you're using stock price as, as a, uh, an indicator of the company, we shouldn't be making more. But uh, the CEO, oh, Walter, no, Walter got nearly a 9% pay increase. 8.9% to be exact. He's now at uh, $15.6 million a year. That's 150 times the median employee pay of $104,281, according to the proxy statement. And we've, again, voted against Charles Schwab. Last Friday on the 29th, it was closed at 4265 And this is a, uh, you know, again, this is a San Francisco-based brokerage Firm pioneered by old Charles Schwab himself. He's 81 years of age now. Remember when he was a young guy? His pay package, I mean, the guy is basically retired. As chairman of the board, he makes $6 million, an increase of 9.6% from 2017. You know, this guy, uh, Benninger, he's 58. He's been the CEO since 2008. And uh, his compensation for uh, 2018 was uh, less than what he made in 2016, which $19.5 million. What a bonanza, huh? Now, the law requires Schwab, because it's publicly traded, to submit its executive officer compensation to shareholders for a non-binding vote. But at the very least, I get a chance to say what I feel about executive compensation. Now, the overwhelming majority of shareholders do not vote their shares. In fact, a pretty substantial number of institutional investors don't do it, but the overwhelming majority of shares in this country are controlled by institutional investors, and it's a good old boys club, and I think it's just simply wrong. One of the things that's interesting is that there was an overwhelming no vote on the Compensation Committee decision a few years ago for Ameriprise, their financial uh, payment plan for their CEO in 2018 was cut by 23%. Okay, so the previous year was at $22.3 million, and 75% of the shareholders said, yeah, no, I don't think so. That was kind of a shock, and a lot of people were really surprised at that. Oh. But it's about time that somebody called it the way it is. And uh, that call it is uh, pretty much based on... Yeah, I would say that's what pretty much a lot of this is. Look, here's the thing. When you unbundle shares, okay, when you have unbundled shares, that's when we vote, we actually have a chance to say, you know what you're doing there? It's a joke. When you have mutual funds or ETFs, you can't vote the shares. You can't vote the shares. You can vote the shares for those companies. You can't vote the shares that actually impact the company. <laughs> Nothing wrong with saying this is a joke. So retail brokerage, for example, the chief executive officer for uh, Marietto, he, he, this guy got $5.3 million. I could go on to all these different companies. Um, I'm sorry, I, I mentioned the, the we're, we're going to stay with Charles Schwab. Um, the chief executive officer 
got 5.3 million. The chief financial officer got 2.28 million. The head of retail brokerage got uh, 3.8 million dollars. Charles Schwab's compensation committee they, they they gave stock incentive awards in 2018 to the CEO of $500,000. Even his daughter earned 815,000 in salary and bonus as a, a president of their Charles Schwab Foundation. It's a foundation. Why is Charles Schwab paying her to run a foundation? Now, she's worked the company for 36 years. She wants out. She did well by daddy. But she's now in a foundation. This is the kind of compensation stuff that I find so utterly disgusting. Number two. This is a question from a non-client of Fixed Cost Financial. We suspect it is a person who may be in the financial services industry and is working as a stockbroker. Here, in summary, is the question. Mark in Fort Myers asks. Why do you vote against the compensation package for most chief executive officers and the board of directors? It doesn't make sense to me. They get paid what they are worth. No, they don't, Mark. And if that is your real name and you're from Fort Myers, you probably are based upon our uh, analysis. We think you're with a company, but that's fine. And ask, send the questions here. We'll defend it. Here's the thing, Mark. When you are privately held like we are, I have the right to make anything I want. It's my compensation. I have all of the skin in the game. I'm the VC. No ifs, no ands, no buts. If the company goes doesn't do well, well, that's on me. But when you take a company public, this is what you're doing. You're saying, hey, listen, we're going to give you stock in the company, and we're going to do what's right for the stockholder. Now, we're going to own stock and you're going to own stock, which means we should be on the same side of the table, right? That makes sense. So as a result, it's called a conflict of interest if we're paying you more money, okay, you the founder, and now you're the CEO of the publicly traded company than what you are worth. If I can hire somebody less expense, then why don't you step aside and why don't you be a shareholder just like me. And then maybe, just maybe, you might decide one day to stand up and call fall when you see it. And that's the key thing. What we're doing here, Mark, is we are voting our individual shares overwhelmingly against these publicly traded companies. Now, J.B. Hunt, for example, I encourage you to go to the AFL-CIO website, look at Paywatch. Simply go to your internet, uh, Google, Yahoo, wherever you, AOL, Bing, whoever you search. I think you ought to start using more DuckDuckGo. If you're not familiar with DuckDuckGo, go to their website and see how they do not track you like a lot of the other websites. DuckDuckGo, pretty good organization for a search engine. But take a look at, at the AFL-CIO website, Paywatch, and look at what uh, some of these companies, uh, what they pay their chief executive officers. I mean, these are employees. Now, if you're a CEO and you're retired and you don't like it, I don't care. Because the bottom line is, it's the health and stability of the company that I'm concerned about. I don't care about your health and stability. I want you to do your job. You are a damn employee. One of the problems I've had, I used to go to Disney a lot. I used to have uh, annual passes there. My God, the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years I've spent at Disney well, that stuff ends. That ended a long time ago because I am tired of the insane compensation Disney has been paying its CEOs for years. So, yeah, you're an employee. And employees, 
shouldn't be paid more than they're worth. And you can't tell me that as you're just a good brown noser. You got up, you got up in life pretty, pretty darn well by brown nosing. And again, for my friends in Manhattan, you're getting a little bit of a rainstorm right now. I hope you guys are doing fine with that. Let's continue on to our next item. Number three, we have a question from Janice in Tampa. Janice states, it was a pleasure to meet you the other day. One question. You spoke about mutual funds and how they are a lousy investment, how you can't vote the shares you own. But my father said that is not true. Could you explain what you meant? My father is pretty good at investing and insists you are wrong. Well, Janice, you got a an email from me, and thank you for uh, taking time and meeting with me last month at uh, Network After Work in Tampa. We were at American Social. That was a really big event, and we had a good conversation. I'm glad you followed up with your father, but your father's wrong. What your father is referring to the fact is that he can vote his mutual fund shares for issues involving the mutual fund, but you have to understand that there is a separation between the mutual fund and the actual shares on the stock market. So to Janice's father, here's the way it works. Yeah, you get to vote for things involving the shares of stock that you own. But what do you own? You own shares of the mutual fund. You get to vote on the matters involving the mutual fund. What you cannot vote, Janice's father, you cannot vote for the underlying securities of that mutual fund. If they own ExxonMobil, if they own Facebook, if they own uh, Google, if they own Alphabet, it doesn't make a difference. You can't vote on those things. So when you have, and, and in our conversations with Janice, really sharp lady, um, really, really sharp lady. She's in the pharmaceutical industry uh, as, a, um, and as a manufacturing uh, rep. And I learned a lot from her. Young lady, very, very informative, very open, very uh, engaging. And I wish her well. And hopefully one day she'll be a client of the firm. Here's the thing is that when you invest in an index, okay, when you invest in mutual funds, when you invest in ETFs, you are giving power to people you've never met to do something which is one of the most fundamental key reasons why you buy stock. You get to vote on critical issues of the company. Now, I'm not going to get into the details. I'm sure there's some advisor, agent, banker, broker, planner out there. Ah, he's fluffing over the, the big things about stock. Yeah, you're right, because most people don't understand it. Stock represents ownership of a company. And so the more layers you put between you, the actual owner in that company, you don't get to vote on the critical issues. So when you are with us, Fixed Cost Financial, as your true fiduciary-based registered investment advisor, I vote the shares. I take the proxy. I vote. Unless you absolutely insist upon it, that's fine. But I vote the shares, and I vote no. And damn it, it's time that people start standing up and saying these rubber stamp board of directors have got to end. I don't understand why for the life of me. When you had the 2008 collapse of the stock market, the real estate market, I could go on and on. This uh, Elizabeth Holmes, who, who literally screwed investors out of tons of money. Okay, Now that was a privately held company, they didn't go public, but here's the key thing, almost a, a billion dollars of losses. Look at the who's who. There's a good movie. I think it's on Netflix or H maybe it's on HBO. 
Anyways, it's on. I, I watched it with my son a couple weeks ago about Theranos and how this 19-year-old girl scammed people and got people like Henry Kissinger and, and Mathis, our former uh, Secretary of Defense, um, Kissinger, Nixon, and Ford, Secretary of State. You have um, George Schultz, who was in the Nixon and Reagan administration. I think he was Secretary of State, uh, Secretary of Treasury, Commerce. These are these are big, powerful people who bureaucratically, politically, brown nose themselves up. They've got on her board of directors because they so desperately wanted a female Steve Jobs, and she's a scam artist. So let's assume this company goes public. Okay, you want to be able to vote your shares. You don't. We we just simply have too many people like the Theranos. They're rubber stamps. They just do whatever the CEO wants because they're getting paid a bloody fortune. I'm sorry. I just I got to tell you, Janice. The reason why I like direct indexing, where you actually own your individual shares, why I like our sector investing, why I like our equal weighting approach, is because what we can do because the way we do it without having commissions on trades, okay, no commission-based trading, no assets under management, fixed costs investing, it allows you to be the closest possible at the lowest possible cost to the actual dirt. You actually see what is going on. And you can, again, you got it. When you're, you, when you're, when you're so many layers removed, you, you don't get to vote on those things. So Janice's dad, yeah, you get to vote your shares for your mutual fund, but you don't get to vote or the lowest common denominator, which is the actual stocks traded on the stock exchange. You don't. Number four. According Bloomberg, U.S. consumer confidence declined for the fourth time in five months on dimmer assessments of present conditions, suggesting that weak first quarter growth and slower job gains in February are weighing on attitudes and potentially spending. The conference board's index fell to 124.1 from 131.4. The New York-based group said in a report, Consumer confidence is in a soft patch. Tim Quinlan, a senior economist at a major financial institution stated the following, It is still elevated by historical standards, so we're not yet worried about a retrenchment in spending, but last year's sugar high has worn off. And now, the opinion and forecast of Paul Truesdell. I want to always remind you that long-term, in my opinion, is five years or longer. And one of the problems we all suffer from at different points and times in our life is recency. And you cannot attribute what happened to you in the last few hours to what's going to happen to you in the next few years or decades. Okay, so you got shot, you got stabbed in the next hour or two. Yeah, that's going to impact you for years to come. But unless something dramatic like that happens, you're going to continue your walking, laying, and sitting on this ball of mud we call Earth as we spin around the sun and the Milky Way and do our thing. And then someday you're going to be gone and somebody's going to take your place and they're going to do the same thing, okay? Called circle of life. It continues to go on. And you're just not that important. Neither am I. And any one individual thing is not a big deal. So one time or another, you know, you lost your job. If you lost your job and you didn't have adequate savings, you wound up being in a kind of a really lousy financial situation, you're not going to be happy. 
You're going to attribute your situation to the economy. You are going to find other people who are not happy. It's one of those things where likes attract alikes, unfortunately. So one of the things when you see these surveys, I, I just don't believe them. We do our own surveys. We do composite surveys. We look at of the totality of the circumstances. Are we seeing a slowing of the economy? Yeah, I'll talk about that in just a minute from a consumption basis. But always remember Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, who is now being called a horrible human being, a founding father of their country. People don't understand what he wrote. The freedoms you have because of Thomas Jefferson and his mind. Now they want to tear his statue down. Damn morons out there. He said, nothing can now be believed which is seen in a newspaper. This is 1807, boys and girls. Nothing can now be believed which is seen in a newspaper. Truth itself becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. Thomas Jefferson, American statesman, diplomat, lawyer, architect, founding father, Served as the third vice, third president of the United States from 1809 to 1801, excuse me, to 1809. He was the second vice president of the United States from 1797 to 1801. I think he kind of knows what's going on. Oh, and by the way, this is the dude who is the principal author of the Declaration of Independence, and you want to tear his statue down. He doesn't know anything, but he was calling crapola on news organizations way back then. This is the guy who proposed democracy, a Republican form of democracy. D, little d, R, little r. And this is a guy who is adamant about individual rights. Oh, he has English ancestry, which upsets some people. He graduated from the College of William and Mary. He briefly practiced law. He is an American revolutionary who did an amazing job drafting things such as laws for religious freedom. He was a Virginia legislator, second governor of Virginia. This guy was cool. The nation's first secretary of state under President George Washington. Come on, man, this guy was cool. And when a guy like this says that what is written in newspapers is garbage, we ought to really think about it, even though it was written in 1807. So as a result, when you have organizations like Bloomberg and others, when they say, well, you know, I got to tell you, the uh, consumer confidence has hit a soft spot and it's going down. Well, who did you interview? I did a big deep dive into the background of the uh, confidence board. And I was amazed that the CEO of the board Appears to be kind of Republican, gave a lot of money to people, for example, on the Republican side of the, uh, of the aisle, uh, a big supporter of uh, Marsha Blackburn, okay? And Marsha Blackburn is a uh, politician. She's also a businesswoman. She's a junior senator now from Tennessee. So you can see, in a, I talked earlier uh, about, um, I guess yesterday, I talked about Lamar Alexander and his proposal. He's the senior senator from Tennessee. And his proposal for basically, and we're going to call it Manhattan 2, we need to get nuclear energy going. And um, Marsha was, 
He's Republican, and she previously served the U.S. House of Representatives from Tennessee 7th Congressional District. And the head of this, again, organization that did the study, which is the Confidence Board, saying that confidence index dropped to 124 from 131. I thought he might be, uh, you know, somebody on the other side. But I, I looked at the political contributions that uh, the head, Steve Ordland, O-R-D-L-A-N-D, um, he's a president of the Confidence Board, and he's former chairman, CEO of Office Depot, AutoZone, and a few other things. He's pretty active here in Florida. I was trying to see, is this guy, is this guy and his organization slanted? Here's the thing. He's one person. The people that do the data, the, the numbers crunchers, we don't know. These are people who, uh, when the economy falls or you have the, the, the wrong political party in, they, they may be cheering for the wrong team. So we just don't know who actually crunched the numbers. And that's, that's an important thing. Oh. Yeah, but, uh, you might have somebody who's cheering for a drop in the market in fudging the numbers. Never discount that. No, no, seriously, think about this for a second. If you're going short on the market, you think the market's going to fall and you have the ability to influence something, then that's a big deal. I encourage you to watch the television show. I believe it's on Showtime. Could be HBO. I never get those things straight. It's called Billions. And look at the most recent one. It's, it's about Chicken Man. And um, one of the fellows that works for Bobby Axelrod has got an insider tip as to this guy who creates uh, the, you know, what, what chicken production is going to be. And they literally talk about what I'm talking about today. The guy's lazy, he's fat, he's riding one of those little carts, and he basically just takes whatever the chicken manufacturing industry does, and he just simply regurgitates it. He gets paid for doing it. So he's considered the expert on chicken production. So the dude that works for Bobby Axelrod is going to pay this guy off and they're going to make money. And this is the wrong way of making money. That's the big thing. You know, good intelligence is one thing, but bribing and insider trading, you can't do that stuff. That's illegal. So when you see that kind of stuff, understand, does it go on? Sure. The SEC enforcement, the Department of Justice, they prosecute people all the time for doing stupid things. But here's the key thing. It's an example of the rubber stamp that I'm talking about. You get people who are influenced. Who is making the projection? Who is doing this? Go down and find that out. And that's the thing that I want to say is yet it's a big deal. What if you have, for example, an oversampling of people who are affected by the SALT tax? So we have a limitation on the deductibility of state and local taxes. So as a result... If you have a lot of surveys in areas where you have itemized filers where they can no longer deduct money, I mean, the SALT tax, it's going to affect about 44 million people. If you are overly influenced by people in the Northeast and in California, it's going to influence your, what? Your opinion of the economy. So again, don't believe everything you hear don't believe everything you read. Don't believe everything you see. You got to get out there and sniff the dirt and see if it's real. And ask questions. Ask the damn questions.
Hey, I'm looking forward to meeting new people. I'm going to a network after work. If you want to get a hold of me, by the way, you can call our number. It's 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. We're going to be introducing a couple of new features and connecting dots coming up. We're going to be doing some interviews and we'll be doing it very efficiently and effectively. If we have previously met, feel free to get a hold of me because there's a lot of you out there that I would like to have an interview with and do that with connecting dots. We'll be at uh, Network After Work, McDenton's Irish Pub. If you aren't a member of Network After Work, I don't get any skinny for this. I don't get paid in any way, shape, or form. Nothing in it, but I would join that. If you're in business and you want to make some decent business contacts, I can say of all the networking groups that I have ever seen and talked to, this is a pretty good group. It's not a referral network. That's an important thing. Referrals and networking are two totally different things. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll be there on April 24th, 2019, from 1800 hours to 2100 hours. It's military time for 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., 405 South Howard Avenue. And I would love, if you're in the area, feel free to come on by. Love is a big word. I don't normally use that. Come on by Monday, April 8th, 2019 from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. AMA, ask me anything. Our open house, no reservations, no obligations. Not going to ask you uh, for all your information. And then our follow-up date will be April 22nd. So that's what's going on with us. Let's see. Is there anything else I've missed before we get going? Well, I guess I should say thank you for listening. Have a great day. And... Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. If you have a comment or an idea, call 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864 and leave a message. We truly appreciate your ideas and comments. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast was produced by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. Fixed Cost Financial is a true fiduciary-based investment advisor, where you will not pay more, if you have more, or receive less, if you have less. The way we do it, as a true fiduciary, it's better, it's simple, and it works. You can find Fixed Cost Financial online at, FixedCostInvesting.com, that's FixedCostInvesting.com.